Good evening, good evening. We'll wait just a few more moments to uh, give people time to jump on here live for our Wednesday night Bible study. get started as I know others will be joining on soon so we um, welcome you uh, tonight uh, and thank you for being a part of the weekly uh, midweek Bible study that we are doing here of course uh, Pastor Wayne Moose here as you all know and uh, with Lakeside Church in Yakinville and uh, we're still doing their Wednesday night Bible studies from here at our house and uh, still doing our Sunday morning and Sunday evening services um, from the sanctuary uh, of course you know we're still up underneath the restrictions uh, because of COVID-19 so um, this is why we're here tonight but uh, we're hoping and praying and believing uh, that the doors will soon be able to be opened back up um, I cannot tell you uh, how much uh, we miss you guys and I know that we have heard from several of you several of you have uh, texted us and messaged us those of you that we know those of you that we haven't met and are wondering when exactly are we going to open the doors back up to the um, church and my answer is just as soon as we get a clear-cut answer uh, from our representation of the state then uh, we will know and we will be able to tell uh, you guys but know that we miss you uh, that we love you and we're looking forward to meeting all of you that has been blessed by the services we give the Lord all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for it uh, we receive none of the credit ourselves um, many people think that uh, you know we opened up at a bad time uh, but I believe that it's contrary to that that we opened up at the right time because at the time that we opened up it was in the middle of a crisis but just as there was chaos on the world uh, when Jesus came he um, he brought peace to it and we in no means are saying that we're Jesus but the Lord likes to show up and bring peace in the middle of chaos and uh, so there was a lot of chaos going on but we opened up the doors and uh, we have seen a great fruit come forth from it as far as in salvations lives being touched lives being changed and we, again we just give the Lord all the praise and all the glory for it all because he is worthy so again we are just thankful that you guys are here tonight and are watching with us um, share this so that the word can go forth and uh, for those that maybe aren't watching live or will watch we appreciate you guys for taking time out of your schedules to be able to uh, come with us uh, and to study the word of God you know there's nothing like studying the word of God and as I was preparing a message for this Sunday this morning and digging into uh, the word you know the word is living Amen. It is quick and it is constantly uh, speaking to us and revealing to us more and more. And, and, and the passage of scripture that I was reading and studying, I, uh, I had always heard it one way. But when I got down into the depths of it, I seen that it was uh, differently than what I had uh, assumed for it to be. And there's just nothing like 
reading and studying the Word of God. So I want to challenge you guys. Uh, you know, right now we are up underneath quarantine and right now we're up underneath restrictions. And so you've got a lot of time on your hands. Uh, I challenge you, pick up the Word of God. You should be reading it anyway, regardless, before the quarantine started. Uh, but since the quarantine has, and maybe you haven't always been faithful in reading the Word, I challenge you, pick up the Word. Uh, just take 15, 20, 30 minutes out of your day and read what God has to say to you. Because I promise you, it will change your life. It will challenge you. It is a mirror of who we really are. But you will see the faithfulness and the love of God in a greater degree than ever before. And every answer that you need in life. Every answer to every question that you may have uh, for whatever it is uh, that may be going on in your life, I promise you that the answer for it is found within these pages, within the Word of God. But it is your responsibility, it is my responsibility to get into the Word and to read it for ourselves. Uh, far too many Christians are depending upon the weekly services, and we are glad that people tune in, and, and we're glad that people are fed. But let me tell you, you can be fed outside of the services that you're watching online or when the church doors do open back up. You can be fed every day, all day. Uh, all you have to do is pull up to the table, amen? All we have to do is get into the book and read, and I promise you it will change your life. And the hunger and the desire for the Word of God that I have is now more than ever before. Uh, you may say, well, that's because you preach. Well, that's not true because long before I was preaching, there was a hunger that was there for the Word of God. Amen. And so again, I challenge you, get into the Word, read, take time each and every single day and see what the Lord has to say to you. Amen. So we thank you again for joining. We see some more people have hopped online and are watching. And so we just, uh, <clears throat> before we get into the um, the text tonight, before we get into the lesson, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Again, we want to lift up our country, our nation, our government officials, as, uh, of course, if anybody doesn't know, you must be living up underneath a rock, but uh, everybody is aware of what is going on, and all of our lives, all of us have been impacted by this in some uh, shape, form, or fashion. And uh, we just need to lift up uh, this country, not only this country, but remembering that this is a global pandemic, that this is affecting people all around the world. It's not just here in North Carolina or in the United States of America, but it is across the entirety of the world. And it's something that I believe that every person that is alive on the face of the earth has never quite seen something like this before. Um, so anyway, uh, let's just go to the Lord in prayer and, and bring your needs before him. He knows what they are, uh, whether I know them or whether any man knows them, it doesn't matter. It's the fact that he knows them, the one that is able to do something about it. But let's come together corporately, believing for tonight, uh, for the service tonight that we're going to have, and also that the Lord would just move uh, in a mighty way across this land. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you tonight in the name of your Son, Jesus. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your love. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be able to come before you, Lord. God, I'm so proud to say that I am a blood-bought, born-again child of God. And, Lord, there is no one else, Lord God, that I'd rather know in a more intimate way than you, Lord. And, God, I'm so thankful that you reveal yourself to us each and every single day, Lord. And that, God, again, we can just be surrounded by you and enter into your presence, Lord, whenever that we desire, Lord, at the very mention of your name, Father. Lord, we love to speak the name of Jesus. Jesus, the name that brings peace, the name that brings salvation, the name that brings healing, Lord, your name that is higher than any other name, Lord. And God, we thank you for all of your blessings. Lord, we ask God that you would move upon the needs and the hearts of the people that
that are here watching and those that will watch, Lord, and those that aren't even watching. God, move across uh, those needs, Lord, that God, uh, that those every single need would be met. Lord, we know that you paid the ultimate price on Calvary, Lord, so that we can receive what it is that we need from you, Lord. And God, first and foremost, we lift up our family members before you. Lord, our lost loved ones, Lord, those that are near and dear to our heart, Lord, that you would go to them even now, Lord, and that you would convict them of their sin, Lord, that you would convict them, Lord, uh, of the life that they are living, Lord, and that, God, your love would chase them down, and that, Lord, by the spirit of conviction would draw them, Lord, unto you, Lord, and that, God, they would be turned, Lord, God, to repentance, and that repentance, Lord, lead to the glorious gift of salvation, God. Lord, we believe, Lord, God, and now more than ever before, Lord, that you are so to return, Lord. But God, we need a move of your Holy Spirit like ever before, Lord. We need a move of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, to come across this land, to come across this world, Lord, to help us to do the work that you have called us to do, God. Lord, you have commanded us, Lord, to preach this gospel, to teach this gospel, and to take it as far as, Lord, you will allow us to do. And God, I pray that we become about the Father's business, that, Lord, we would be faithful, Lord, in the work that you have called us to do, Lord, and that, God, we not contain the solution, Lord God, to the problem of man's heart, Lord, which is sin, and Lord, the solution is Jesus, but that, God, we would give the solution to our fellow man, Lord, that we would not contain it, Father. Father, I ask, Lord, for those that are sick in their body, that, Lord, you would heal them right now, Lord. You know what the needs are, Lord, and it doesn't matter if it's a headache or a disease that's within the body, Lord. You died on Calvary, Lord, to give us the healing, Lord, that we need. And, God, we ask, Lord, for that healing uh, virtue power to flow right now into the hearts and lives of your people. And, God, we lift up this country before you, Lord. God, you know what we're facing, and nothing catches you or caught you by surprise. And, Lord, man is scurrying around trying to figure out how to fix this. But God, you are the one that is able to do it. And Lord, we're asking and we thank you in advance already, Lord, for what you have done and for the knowledge of wisdom that you have given our government officials, Lord, the knowledge of wisdom that you have given those that are studying medicine. God, we thank you for that. But God, we need you to move on this, Lord, and that you would dry up this disease, that you would drive up this infection, that God, you would heal the people, Lord God, that are infected with this disease, Lord, that, that God, our country, Lord God, would be able to operate again, Lord God, as it did, but Lord, that we would not go back to the way that we were doing, but Lord, that we would be better than who we were before, God, and that we would be founded upon the foundation of the blood of Jesus Christ, Lord. Let us not go back to the people that we were, Lord. God, you've called us, Lord. You're grabbing our attention, Lord God, but Lord, let us be a people, Lord God, that, that is living lives of expectancy, Lord, of your return, God, and again, to be about the Father's business, Lord. We are believing, God, that a great outpouring of your Holy Spirit is going to come from all of us, Lord God, that is going to usher in a great harvest of souls like the world has never seen before. Father, again, we thank you for tonight, for the opportunity to teach your word, Lord God. We ask that you would anoint us. Lord, anoint us, Lord God, and bless our efforts, Lord, to teach your word. Lord, give us clarity of thought, clarity of speech, and Lord, anoint the hearts and the ears of the people that are watching, Lord. And God, that no distraction or hindrance would come in their way, Lord, and that God, that all would be done to bring you glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Okay, so we're going to get into the lesson tonight, and we are going to discuss, and we'll be in it for several weeks, the sin nature. Now, I will tell you that 
these three words, the sin nature, is uh, a terminology, a phraseology, if you will, that is lost upon uh, much of the church uh, today. Uh, I can tell you that uh, growing up, and even in my uh, younger years of adulthood, I had never really heard of what uh, the sin nature was. I had heard of sin and heard of acts of sin, but I never knew exactly and ever heard the phraseology of the sin nature. So we want to get into that tonight, and it will cover several weeks as there is a whole bunch uh, to talk about it and I pray and believe that it's going to be a great tremendous help to you in your walk with the Lord. So again, we've been teaching on the basis of justification by faith in the past four weeks. And, and again, we won't get into the details of it because we have been, but to lay the groundwork for the sin nature and, 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 and uh, to be able to expound upon the sin nature, we need to just cover a couple of things. And again, the reason for justification, again, that was demanded and was needed was uh, and is for the purpose that all men are sinners. And again, I said it last week that in Romans chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, we see the depravity of man. We see and find that all men are guilty before God. We see that the whole world is guilty and that we are classified and are labeled as sinners. And as sinners, sinner people, you see the hopelessness. You see the hopelessness in man that is lost and undone today. It's always been. And uh, we see the depravity of man, the true heart of man who is without God. And let me just say that all men fall into this category. Even though we're saved and blood-bought uh, with the precious blood of Jesus Christ tonight, still within the nature of our heart, as Jeremiah would say, the, the heart of man is, is, is wicked. It's deceitfully wicked. It's evil. Who can know it? That is what our hearts are deep within. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, There is not a just man upon earth that does good and sins not. And what does that tell us? That tells us that not one person on the face of this earth that ever has lived or that is living right now or ever will live is, is a, a does good and sins not. Again, we all sin and we all fall short of the glory of God, which is why we are in need of a Savior. We are in need of a Redeemer. Amen. So it, may, it doesn't matter the race. It doesn't matter of our ethnicity. It doesn't matter the age group or whatever walk of life that you come from, whether you're rich or whether you're poor. doesn't matter the social class that you may uh, that you you hold in society we all share a common denominator and that is that we were born and shaped in iniquity david tells us that in the book of psalms and says that he was shaped in iniquity so with that being said that means every single one of us possess the sin nature we possess that nature to do that which is contrary to god's word amen so again paul after laying it out in chapters 1 through 3 the condition of man and that man is evil and corrupt, he lays out the solution in chapters 4 and chapters 5. And again, it shows us that by faith through grace, we are saved from the deplorable condition that man is in, which is in sin. Now understand, there's no works, there's no uh, law obedience, there's nothing that you can do to save yourself. Let me say that again. There's nothing that you and I can do to save ourselves or to clean ourselves up. It is only through the righteousness of God that is given to man 
that one can be saved. Now, how do we receive that righteousness? It's the same way that Abraham received it all the way back in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. He believed God and therefore it was imputed unto him for righteousness. The moment that faith is exhibited in Christ and what he did at Calvary's cross and that that recognition is there that it was done for you and that there's no way you can save yourself upon faith anchored in what he's done, the righteousness of God is given to you. The righteousness of God was given to me. His righteousness and his holiness was immediately given to me. Let me tell you, you get his righteousness. You get his holiness. There is not different degrees of it. You get all of his righteousness. We are to continue to hunger and thirst for righteousness because there is still a whole lot of us that still exists that needs to be changed. But the righteousness and the holiness of God is given to us and it had to be given to us in totality in order for God to accept us so that now when God views us, as he said to the children of Israel, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. So now he sees the blood of his son, Jesus. And now that's why you and I, as Romans chapter five says, uh, can be called justified. Amen. We're justified through the blood of Jesus Christ that brought redemption down to fallen man. Man was in a horrible state. Man was separated from God. There was enmity that existed between man and God. And the only solution, the only solution was for God to come down to this earth and become man and go to Calvary's cross, bearing the sin of the entirety of humankind and paying the debt of sin that he did not owe, the debt of sin that you and I owe but can never pay, but him pay that and suffice the justice and the demand for the penalty of sin by God. That's called love, my friend. Let me tell you something. Your husband loves you. Your wife loves you. Your mama will love you. Your daddy will love you. But let me tell you, no one will ever love you or can ever exemplify that kind of love except God. Amen. He loved you so much. He loved me so much. The entirety of this world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever should call upon his name and whosoever should believe it should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. So for man to try to be accepted by God in any other fashion is basically and is in a nutshell self-righteousness. And self-righteousness is ugly in the eyes of God because it is a rejection of God's provision. Self-righteousness is a rejection that, of God's way of escape for man from the penalty of sin, which is through the blood of Jesus Christ. And man saying that I can save my sin. Man saying that I can do a series of good works. Man saying that I can do this and I can do that to obtain the grace, to obtain favor, to obtain the goodness of God. But hear me tonight, without the blood of Jesus Christ, you are viewed as unredeemed, you are viewed as unrighteous and unholy, and there's enmity there, there's no peace that is there between you and God. So therefore, he cannot bless anything that is not of faith. He cannot bless you the way that he wants to bless you, the way that he desires to bless you, unless you come into covenant relationship with him. And again, that covenant relationship is through the mediator Jesus Christ. Amen. So again, he died on Calvary's cross for you and for me. And again, the reason was because we were sinners. Now, we all, if we were to trace our DNA, if you will, all have the same DNA of the, our first father, Adam. 
When Adam was created, he was created with the righteousness of God. When Adam was created in the Garden of Eden, and we've all heard the story when we were young kids going to Sunday school, he was created in the image of God. Life was breathed into him by the very breath of God. And Adam was not made with this in nature. God does not create or is the author of anything evil, but God created Adam and placed his nature inside of Adam. Adam did not know what sin was. Adam did not know what disobedience was. He had the very righteousness of God, but when Adam disobeyed God, when Adam ate of the tree of knowledge that God had forbidden him to eat of, when he done that, he disobeyed and man fell from the righteousness, holiness state of God from total God consciousness all the way down to the consciousness of man and that is when the entrance of sin came into the world and let me tell you something sin is the cause and is the reason for everything that we see going wrong in the world today it is that three-letter word that simple word there that nobody hardly wants to talk about but it is the reason for the problems that we see in the world today and because man sinned because adam sinned there was a sentence if you will that was passed upon him and passed upon everybody that has ever lived if you read in the book of genesis and we see the genealogy of man and we see how you know you read through there and it talks about how old each and every single man lived and we'll see that it whether it be 130 30 years or whether it be 500 years or whether it be 800 years. But let me tell you, it does not matter how long they lived to be. There was a common denominator with each and every single one of them and what it says in each and every scripture, and he died. And he died. Death is a sentence that was passed upon man because of sin. Amen. That is the penalty that man is deserving of because of sin. And even though we gave our heart to Jesus Christ and even though we're saved tonight, still and yet death is passed upon us because of the fact of the fallen nature because of sin. Amen. So 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he, talking about God, was made has made him, talking about Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So here it is, that he is God who loved us so much that he gave his son for us. So what does this mean? A sin offering was always demanded by God, if you read in the Old Testament, for the covering of sins, for sins to be covered, to be purged, if you will. But understand the sin offerings of the Old Testament that God required could never produce atonement for sin or take it away, but rather it covered it. It acted as a stopgap measure, if you will. It was sufficient for that time until Jesus Christ would come, who would shed his blood, which ultimately would be the last blood that would ever have to be shed because his blood would now bring atonement to mankind, to fallen man. Amen. John 1, 29 says, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. So again, Jesus did not just cover the sin as the blood of bulls and goats in the Old Testament would, but he came to take it completely away, atoning for it for all. So the only way man's sin can be taken away is for there to be a man to act on his behalf who never knew sin. Jesus Christ never sinned in thought, deed, or action. He was perfect in every way. Well, how can you say, how was that be? If you said that every man that has been born since Adam <clears throat> has the um, nature of sin, the sin nature. 
And Jesus Christ did not come from the seed of man, but yet he was breathed, he come through the conception of the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Ghost breathed upon Mary, and the Virgin Mary was conceived with child, but that did not come from the seed of man, he did not come from the seed of man, therefore he has not been born with the sin nature, but even though he was not born with that sin nature, he still lived a life, and in every way, shape, form, or fashion, he was tempted by the enemy to lead the prescribed will of God. As all sin, really, if you get down to it, is leaving the prescribed will of God. He was tempted to do that, but yet Jesus Christ never never waned from the will of God whatsoever, not even in thought. He was and is the perfect sacrifice that could then go to Calvary's cross, bear my sin, bear your sin, and suffer the death that you and I deserved to die. You think about it. Again, he was a man perfect in every way, but yet because of his love for you, and and I, he said, I will go and suffer what I don't deserve so that the world can receive what they don't deserve. You hear me tonight? He said, I will go and suffer what I don't deserve so that the world can receive what they don't deserve. And let me tell you, what we don't deserve is grace. What we don't deserve is eternal life. What we don't deserve is mercy. What we do deserve is damnation. What we do deserve is eternal separation from God. What we do deserve is judgment. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ that was poured out on Calvary's cross, that flowed down to me, that flowed down to you when you said yes to Jesus Christ, we now stand up underneath that fountain of grace and that fountain of grace now comes in and brings in the Holy Spirit who is now living inside of you, who is now living inside of me, and, and has also saved us from that eternal punishment that we deserve to suffer. Amen. There's nothing any better than that. Let me tell you something. That's good news. Let me, I said, that's good news. You turn on the TV, and especially right now, you don't hear a lot of good news. We hear bad news. But if you want to hear good news, read the Bible. Read about this. Listen about it. Listen to messages that are lifting up the name of Jesus. To know that you and I was on our way to hell, just like the Samaritan woman was on her way to the well, doing the same old thing day in and day out. But Jesus Christ showed up at that well for her, and he told her, if you drink this water that I offer you, you'll never thirst again. You've been drawing from the same well drawing the same old thing and get you find yourself keep coming back day in and day out showing us that what our life was before Christ doing the same thing over and over and over again trying to quench our thirst but he said if you'll drink of this water if you'll drink of the water that I have to offer you you will never thirst again and let me tell you something I've tasted I've drank and I have been sufficed and let me tell you that thirst for the world does not exist today it was quenched when I drank of the water of life Amen. Amen. So now we're here in Romans 5, 12, and I want to read this verse to you where it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all men have sinned. So again, we see that sin come into the world. Now, when you read this, you have to understand that in the Greek, there is a definite article before the word sin. So when we read this, and automatically, we man may think that when it says one man's sin entered into the world, that we think of acts of sin. But what Paul is telling us here, or rather the Holy Spirit through Paul, is saying that these sin. Now, what does it mean by these sin? What do, what do I mean when I say these sin? It is talking about the sin nature. 
Now, it wouldn't make sense to, to say that as by one man, these sin acts entered in. No, it's saying the sin nature. That nature that is desiring to do that which is opposite from God, to not be obedient to God's will. So again, in the Greek, there's a definite article that is there. So we see that the sin nature entered into the world with the fall of Adam, okay? So the acts of sin that you see in the world that was even evident in your life before you got saved comes from a nature that lies deep within and that is sinners. So Adam, who God created, was not made a sinner. Remember I said that earlier. God does not create or is the author of anything evil. He created Adam who was given the righteousness of God. He did not create evil whatsoever. Sin was never creation of God. But when they fail, when they succumb to the temptation and they disobeyed God, they sinned. That nature then came into him that was totally opposite from what God had created him to be, okay? So he was created in the image of God, and God is, again, not the creator or author of sin, okay? So when he sinned, then we see that he lost the righteousness of God. The Bible says that they were naked and that instantaneously they run out to try to cover themselves, Okay, They try to hide themselves with fig leaves. And that has always been man's problem. That is trying to cover up their sin with the means of what they can do. It existed all the way back with Adam and Eve. They tried to cover up their nakedness. They tried to cover up their sin from God with what they could find, with what they could do. And he says, oh no. He, he says, you've got to be covered with this and he provided them animal skin and that animal skin only come by first sacrificing an animal and what happened when that sacrifice of an animal happened blood was shed typifying that blood would have to be shed one day for the sin of mankind to be atoned for and of course we know that blood was shed on calvary's cross so the sin nature came by one man and his name is adam so when adam fell in the garden of sin the entirety of mankind now is plagued with the same sin nature so that same nature that came into him when he failed is the same nature that you and I was born with, that every man is born with. Even my son, who is nine and a half months old, he's got the same nature. And I know we look at him and they're all innocent and he's the apple of my eye. But still yet, he possesses the same nature. Why? Because he come from me. And I possess the sin nature. I've been, I come from my dad who possesses the sin nature and so forth and so on. So even though my son at nine and a half months and we can see it even now when we tell him no, he, we, he is disobedient. He doesn't listen. He knows that he should be listening to what we tell him because you can see him looking back. But yet he will still find himself doing that which we tell him not to do. And all of that is because of the sin nature. All right, take a two and a three-year-old and put them together in a room and let them be, play with toys. Before long, within a matter of minutes, you're going to see the sin nature coming alive in those two-year-olds when one don't get their way and they're screaming and crying and they bop the other one on the head to try to steal the toy back. You see, all of this is from the sin nature that is within inside a man that came from the fall of Adam, okay? So before coming to know Jesus Christ, your nature, my nature, was to do that which is wrong. To do that which is sin. So if you think about it like this, that nature of sin, that sin nature 
bent us, bent me, bent you to do that which was opposite from the word of God. That nature that, that told us how to talk, that told us how to walk, it commanded us and we had to be obedient to its command because we were enslaved by that nature. You couldn't do anything that was right in God's eyes. You couldn't follow the word of God because the nature inside of you was to do that which is opposite of the word of God. So it you were bent, if you will, to do that which is evil, to do that which is sin. That is what is existing inside of every single person that is not saved tonight. Do you hear me? It doesn't matter how good they are or how good of a citizen that they are to society. If they've not been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, that nature exists within inside of them and is ruling in them and reigning in them, controlling them to do what it tells them to do. Okay? All right, so again, the nature is in all man that has ever been born. And again, the only way the power of it, you ask me then, well, then how does that power broken? Well, if you're saved tonight, you know. It is when you accept Jesus Christ, the moment you say yes, the sin nature is broken off of your life, the power of it is broken off of your life. The power source, think of it as a lamp being connected up. The moment that you unplug it, that light bulb goes off. That's the way the same nature was inside of us. It was plugged up. There was no way to ever get it unplugged. But the day you said yes to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit came in inside of you, disconnecting that power source of the same nature. And now a new power source has been connected into you. And it's the power source of God, the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit that is living inside of you that is living inside of me upon the day that we say yes to Jesus Christ. I don't care if you got saved two minutes ago, two days ago, two weeks ago, two years ago, or 20 years ago, or 200 years ago. The Holy Spirit, the moment that you say yes to Jesus Christ, comes in to abide inside of you and me. Amen. It's like that old song, He abides, He abides. Hallelujah, He abides with me today. For I am rejoicing night and day as I walk the pilgrim way, for the comforter abides with me. Amen. He's a comforter, and he's abiding with me. He's abiding in me. He's abiding in you today. Amen. To help you to live this life that we are to live. So again, the sin nature. You think about it. The only way, and I heard it said like this, that it could be shut down is like a factory. The only You were pumping out sin. That factory was pumping out sin day in and day out in your life. And the only way that it was going to be stopped is for it to be shut down. And the only way that that factory that was pumping out the sin in your life was going to be shut down was by the, the presence of the Holy Spirit that was, came in upon you accepting Christ and it shut the factory of the sin nature down. Do you hear me tonight? The reign of the sin nature that ruled you, that controlled you, was shut down the day that you said yes to Jesus Christ. Amen? So the sin nature was shut down, no longer reigning, and now you've got the divine nature, that nature of God, God's holy nature inside of you. That is now reigning inside of you. So now you wonder why your wants change, why your desires change, why you no longer do the things that you do. Because you've got a new sheriff in town, amen? You've got a new power source that's inside of you that's bending you to do that which is right. To do that which is following the word of God that you can never produce upon your own. But is only a production, is only because of the flow of the Holy Spirit that is in within your heart and within your life. That's why now you've got a desire to go to the 
house of God. That's why now you've got a desire to read the word of God. That's why now you've got a desire to pray and to dwell in his presence and to be among like-minded believers because you've got the Holy Spirit living inside of you, reigning inside of you. Amen. And let me tell you tonight, there's not a better place that I would rather be in. It doesn't matter if you ain't got a, a nickel in the bank account. It doesn't matter if all you've got is a little shack. If you've got God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you've got it all. But let a person have all the money in the bank account with all the zeros falling behind it let them have the grandest of house and the most expensive cars, but without Jesus Christ, they are empty and they've got nothing. Amen. So because of the divine nature, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, that is why Paul said in Romans chapter 6 verse 14, that sin, meaning the sin nature, hear me tonight, the sin nature now shall not have any dominion over you because it's been shut down. The sin nature was shut down inside of you the day that you said yes to Jesus Christ. You were set free the day that you came to Calvary and you repented of your sins. You were set free from that. The sin nature was shut down. Now hear me tonight, the presence of the sin nature is still there with inside of us. But it's not raining. And that's the difference between us as redeemed people and those that are unredeemed. All possess the sin nature. But those that are saved are now ruled by the divine nature with the sin nature being dormant. And, the, uh, and, now, and with unredeemed, the sin nature is raining. Before you got saved, the sin nature was reigning in control. But now that you're saved, the divine nature is reigning and the sin nature is there, but is dormant. It has been dethroned. And again, the divine nature is now up in your heart ruling and reigning. Okay. So again, the law entered in and was identified. And I'm almost done here because the time passes by fast. But the law was identified and given for one purpose, not for you and I to try to live by. Not for you and I to try to use it to get victory for. The law was never given for that reason. The law was identified and given so that it could identify sin, so that it could show you, so that it could show me how sin-laden I am, how wicked I really am, how evil that I really am, and show me that, hey, you need a redeemer. And so the law was given so that I would throw myself down at the mercy of God and say, oh God, I'm a sinner. Have mercy upon me. That's the reason why why the law was given. The law was given to identify sin, never to give, it was never equipped with power. Okay. There's no power in the law. The law was given to identify sin. The power is not in the law. The power though is in the cross of Christ and it comes through the working of the Holy Spirit. That's the power source that you need to overcome the sin nature, to overcome any sin that is in your life. Romans 5, 20 said, moreover, the law entered and that the offense might abound. So the law entered in to show, whoa, I'm in trouble. Okay. But where sin abounded, thank God, grace then much more abound. So what does that tell me? It doesn't matter what I've done. It doesn't matter what my past looked like. It doesn't matter how many sins I've committed. Where sin did abound, it was great. But the Bible says, Paul said it, uh, the Holy Spirit moving upon him, grace did much more abound. So no matter how bad your sin is, grace of God is so much greater. I don't care what has been committed, what has been done. If you fall on your knees and say, oh God, be merciful unto me, a sinner, right then and there, the slate is wiped clean. You, the heart of stone is pushed out. A heart of flesh comes in because now you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. The past is forgiven. The past is forgotten, never to be remembered again. 
sin, and you are viewed as one who has never sinned a day in your life. That's what it is when we receive the righteousness of Christ, okay? So many are trying to overcome something by the means of the law, whether it be the law of Moses or whether it be a law that you and I resurrect, whether we try to receive victory over sin with anything that we think that we can do, we're going to find defeat because your victory is not in anything you can do. The victory lies in the provision, the power that you need to overcome the sin nature in your life. And again, you were set free. There's no reason why the sin nature should be reigning in your heart and life. But the reason why in many believers, hear me, those that love God, see the sin nature through various acts of sin reigning in their life is because a faith is misplaced, not anchored solely in Christ and what he's done. But we've got to stay in the same way that we came in. You came in through the blood, stay at the blood. I was praying this evening and that song come to my mind, Lord, keep me near the cross. Keep me near the cross. May I never stray so far that I cannot see what you did for me keep me near the cross. Let me tell you, we need to get back to the cross. And I believe that that's what God, the Holy Spirit is doing today in this world through all that is going on, saying, come back to the cross, come back to Calvary, come back to the blood of Jesus Christ, because the church for far too long has strayed so far of it that we can't even see it anymore. It's not even anything that we talk about anymore. But let me tell you something, there's nothing else to talk about but the blood of Jesus Christ. We've got to come back to the cross. Because that's where our help comes from, through what Christ did at Calvary. Amen. So if we want to stop the addictions, if we want to see the drug addicts set free, if we want to see the alcoholics set free, if we want to see the immorality stop, then we've got to preach Christ and him crucified so that the Holy Spirit has the power to come in, convict the hearts and lives of people. That's the only thing that's going to break the sin nature off of people's lives is by preaching Christ and what he's done. You see, it took power to set me free from the power of sin and that power's in the cross. Let me say that again. It took power to set me free. I was chained up. I was shackled up and there was no key that could get it undone. So it took some dynamite power to set me free from that power of sin. But let me tell you something. There's dunamis power, all right, and it's in the working of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit now lives inside of me. That's the power source that is greater than any sin, that is greater than, than the devil. The Bible says greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So the power to set us free from the sin nature is the power that is within the cross and the power of the Holy Spirit comes only through what Christ did at Calvary. Amen. So with my first representative man, which was Adam, the first representative man of you, of me, of the entirety of the world, the, he lost the righteousness of God, so therefore, I was born without it. But now that I've been reborn, I am up underneath the new representation. Hear me tonight. If you've been saved, your first representative man is the reason why you were born with the sin nature. But now there's a new, I'm up underneath a new representative. And that man is the last Adam, the man Christ Jesus. And now the power of that sin nature is broken and the divine nature come in because now my representative man is no longer Adam, but it's the last Adam, Jesus Christ. Amen. You see the sin nature inside of all of us, now has been deactivated. Those of us that are saved, hear me tonight, again, to be to have it deactivated comes from being saved. So the sin nature 
that exists within you, that exists, that exists within me, it got tongue-tied, that have been saved and covered by the blood of Jesus Christ has now been deactivated. You hear me? Deactivated, no power source, and it is rendered powerless because of his grace that flows because of the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary and my acceptance of that finished work. I am now free from the rule and the reign of the sin nature that once controlled me. Let me tell you, there's nothing that's any more wonderful than to know that that which ruled me, that that which controlled me, that that which bent me to do the evil, now it has been broken off. Let me tell you, there's no program that man can come up with. There's no fad that man can come up with. It does, no psychology can come up with this, but it is the gospel of Jesus Christ that sets us free from that sin nature and now the divine nature can come in and rule and reign inside of me. Amen. So now I can do that which is right because I have a new nature that is living inside of me. That the divine nature that is now reigning inside of me. So whereas before the sin nature was reigning, now the divine nature is reigning. How do you get this? Again, I've said it once. I've said it a million times, but I'm going to keep saying it. It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ. The victory for all sin in our life. Does it come through anything that we do? Hear me. Much of the church for far too long has said, you've got to do this. If you want victory over sin, you got to do that. And nothing has worked. Nothing worked for me. It is only by simple faith, anchored in Christ and what he's done, and maintained there. There's the key. For victory in your life over sin, and let me tell you, we all struggle with things in our life because none of us are perfect and there are things. But much of the church is in bondage. Much of God's people, just like the children of Israel, were in Egyptian bondage. They were in his children. They are in bondage to things in their life that they don't want to do. And they're trying to get out of that mess. They're trying to get victory. But because they're going around it all the wrong way, they will never be free. Your victory, the freedom from whatever it is that is ailing you tonight is found in the blood of Jesus. So not only do we anchor our faith in Christ and what he's done, we are to leave it there. Maintain it there. Don't shift it at all. Don't lose focus. Every day you get up, say, Lord, my faith is in you and what you did at Calvary and not in myself. When you do that, you are enabling the Holy Spirit, who is the agent of transformation, who works in and through our lives to bring to you the victory. And let me tell you, as one that can testify to it, of things that once bound me, I am free tonight. Yes, because I said yes to Jesus Christ. But the things that were still trying to hold me a bondage after salvation, the freedom came when I simply threw up my hands and said, Lord, I surrender. And I believe that what I need you died to give. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit brought it to me. Amen. The blood of Jesus Christ still works. The blood of Jesus still works. It is the answer for all mankind. It is the answer for the sinner. And it is the answer for you and I, the saint. Amen. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this tonight. I, time passes by quickly, but I enjoy this. I love it. I love teaching the Word of God. And I pray that it has been a blessing to you. I pray that knowledge has been increased and I believe that these words are just going to cultivate inside of each and every one of our hearts and that good fruit is going to come from this. Again, we love you, uh, each and every single one of you that are watching. We're constantly praying for you. I see a lot of people that's popped on here. You know who you are. I've talked to some of you this week 
and just know that we are praying for you and we love you with everything that is within us. Um, be with us again on Sunday morning uh, live. We will have our 1030 a.m. service on Sunday morning and again on Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Um, I'm looking forward to preaching what God has laid upon my heart that I believe will be a tremendous blessing uh, to the body of Christ as God's word is always a blessing. Amen. And again, we are believing and praying that these restrictions are soon going to lift just as soon as they do as soon as we get word we will let you guys know we will open the doors and we will welcome you guys in and we will continue to practice social distancing and we will continue to practice good hygiene and, and have sanitizer available i just know that i'm ready to get back in the midst of my brothers and sisters in christ so amen again if you need us for anything don't hesitate to reach out to us don't hesitate to call us to inbox us we're here for you guys even if we haven't met you know we're praying for you. Reach out to us and we will uh, be here for you. But if we don't talk to you before then, we will see you Sunday morning live at 1030 a.m. And come expecting, come expecting to receive from the Lord. And I promise you, he will not disappoint. We love each and every single one of you guys. Be blessed.